Who are this year's tight ends that you shouldn't sleep on? Well, my next guest is here to open your eyes on those players right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. The NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball are in full swing. So you need to head to Bet Online. Look, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, so it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The tight end position is an integral part of any offense. A good scout knows how important it is to hit on your late round picks as it is on the early selections. And don't count out those small school prospects like Denver's seventh round pick Shannon Sharp out of Savannah State. Sharp won three Super Bowls and was named to eight Pro Bowls and is a member of the All Decade team. Now, Jackie Smith wasn't taken until the 10th round out of Northwestern State, but still made the Hall of Fame. So who are the next wave of tight ends who won't have their name called on day one, but will still go on to glory? Well, that's why we have my special guest on the show, Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports Edge and Fan Tracks. Give him a follow on Twitter at CF Froton. That's F-R-O-T-O-N. Thanks for joining me, Eric. Thank you for having me. Speaking of the articles, you have some great ones and podcasts on NBC Sports Edge. And one ongoing series that caught my eye was on the sleepers in the upcoming NFL draft because we are going to move into the tight end class. And one name towers above the rest. It's Florida's Kyle Pitts. But let's get in your sleepers at that position, starting with BYU's Matt Bushman. After he served a two-year mission, he enters the draft at 25 years old. But will his pass-catching ability grab the eye of the scouts? Listen, if you're watching his tape, I mean, you go through every single one of the tight ends in this class. And with the exception of Kyle Pitts, who is, I mean, we're talking about a generational tight end talent who, I mean, gosh, you can call him a tight end, but he's really just a, a weapon. Yeah. You can, just, yeah. you can put him anywhere you want. You know, you flex him. You, Good way to put it. He's not going to be in line and, you know, he's not going to be a thumper or anything, you know, handling J.J. Watt on the outside. He's a blocker, but, you know, that's not what he's, he's there to do. But, um, you know, behind him, where you got a, a solid number two in Pat Fryermuth, who's a very well all-around. He's got, like, that Gronk-esque size. You know, he like right around that 260. Uh, big, can handle the point of attack, but also has a, a beautiful soft pair of hands. You're talking about after those two guys. The number three, and I don't see how you can possibly look at anybody else and think this in terms of the raw ability to catch a football, is Matt Bushman. I mean, Matt you watch his tape, and it's almost, on a regular basis, you're watching him make plays that no one else in this class besides those top two guys have, have the ability to make. You know, and, and he takes a hit because he's really, he's not much of a, a blocker. You're not going to use him. He's not going to be pulling on, 
cracking down on, on big <laughs> linebackers on, on power run plays. You know, that's not what you're yeah. going to do. You're going to fight them out. And, I mean, the ability to catch the ball as he's he gets a ball thrown behind him, and you see it all over his tape. He's stopping. You know, you plant in his, his outside foot, and you'll see him reach back with his hands. And he's his hands are in perfect position. He's already pushing off, and you see that he's got his defender beat because he's following you know his path where he's running to. He's pushing off and already accelerating as he's catching the ball and looking upfield. The ability to do that is so rare for tight ends, having that body control, and then just the, the sixth sense to know exactly where you are, to know your guys run past you, and then focusing on, I don't have to worry about him, who is the linebacker that's coming to you know crack down on this throw in the middle, and getting the edge on him and getting 10 more yards out of somebody else, just about anybody else in this class is going to get tackled after two. It was just amazing. This production was there right out of the gate, too. You know, he took a two-year Mormon mission to go to Chile. Mm. You know, God bless it. I mean, <laughs> all right, brother. You know, doing doing the Lord's work so right there. Man. Man, that's cool with me. Yeah, doing, you know, that's pretty good reason. It's your first two years of college, going and helping people. So um, he does that. You know, I, I have a hard time digging him for it. Um, and he comes immediately on campus. Rings up 500 yards receiving in each of his three seasons at BYU right out of the gate. And he didn't have Zach Wilson year one or year two. He was dealing with Tanner Mangum. And it wasn't pretty. Let me just tell you something. Yeah, gosh, it it wasn't always sunshine and rainbows over there in BYU (laughs) having lasers dropped into your, you know, right on your chest from getting thrown open on a regular basis by Zach Wilson. That wasn't happening. So he had to to do a lot of dirty work. And he led the team in receiving each of his three years because he was that important and it wasn't just you know a lot of re- tight ends and you know for it's what they do and what they're good at you know they're good at boxing out receiver uh excuse me defenders you know going seven years down, seven yards down the field turn around catch ball you know wrap wrap up ball and just try to plug mac truck your way through a couple tacklers and get a few yards bushman is a complete tight end i mean you're gonna line them up out wide you're gonna have a small guy. He's gonna he's gonna hit the back shoulder fades, which is a tough pass to handle at the collegiate level, especially for a tight end who's getting you know one on one against uh, a corner where you know he's, you got him on your hip and you see him making high degree of difficulty back shoulder catches. That's stuff that you see all the time in the NFL, which as you know obviously you're a college analyst, you don't see that at the college level no. as much as you think you do. Like it happens all the time in the NFL. It's a very finite skill set, a very, like, a sharp skill set that when you got it, you got it. Um, In terms of field stretching, not a lot of tight ends you're going to see that have an average target depth of 13 yards uh, in 2018, 11.8 yards in 2019, all right? Not a lot of tight ends in this class can stretch the field, go 12, 14 yards down the field, and be able to, you know, beat a linebacker or a slot corner and be able to make that play, and then continue to run. So, uh, you know, still be able to, to make the moves and and get down the field. I mean, it's a very, very few of these guys. So what I like so much about him, and obviously, too, is hands. His hands are just, hands are just amazing. 87.1 hands grade from PFF in 2019. Wow. They're pristine. Dropped one pass in two, those last two seasons spanning 96 targets. So... Um, the number one thing, you know, you'll hear me say it because number one thing you're doing as a wide receiver, or that you're doing as 
a tight end, you are catching the ball. And you can have all the wonderful, you know, you can you can have the athletic score, you can have a nice senior, whatever you want to do. But if you're not securing the catch, you aren't you aren't going to survive. No, the next liability. You, you, like, you know, uh, I think it was Austin Colley tells a story of of Peyton Manning when he was you know back there, and he goes, he runs just a quick five yard dig. He's heading on the sidelines. Peyton throws it to him, and it's high. So he tries to reach up with one hand and and catch it, and it doesn't work. And he just looks at him and just goes out. And you know, <laughs> talk, get out. You know, I don't want to see done. you. Get off my field. Goes and says, "Don't you ever, ever reach out with one hand again? I want to see you reach out with two hands." And it's like, it, it's it's a microcosm, and it's used to belie a greater point, which is just simply the hand skills need to be there for me for any late round receiver. Any of those guys, any tight end that's late, you have to be able to secure that catch. And if you're going to get any run, and especially coming from a fancy perspective, which a lot of us are looking at, you're not going to get on the field, and you're not going to get the reps that you need in order to be relevant in that that sense. And Bushman's ball skills are excellent. I strongly suggest anybody who's listening to me just, you know, go hit up YouTube and watch a few of his highlight reels. You know, I've watched obviously several games because you need to watch the full boat. But my gosh. Go take a look at Matt Bushman and, and just get ready to watch his incredible body control ability to high point. Um, just, just savvy, just overall savvy at playing the position, knowing exactly where to sit in the zone. If you go one step, you know, one way you're running a linebacker, one step the other way you're in, a, you know, a corner. Uh, and he's right in the spot he's supposed to be every time. Just all these clean games. Everything he's doing is good. He stretches the field, which not a lot of Titans do in the field. I'm just such a huge Matt Bushman fan. Wow, it sounds like a definitely a gem that the NFL teams will be looking for. Support for our podcast is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source for high-quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. Look, we all have issues with sleep, focus, energy, stress, and immune health. That's why Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line with six flavors, plus it's vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and stand behind. Go to the website justlive.com and use the code SUPPORT to get the buy one, get one free of the new gummies. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com and use the code SUPPORT. And we're speaking with Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports. And out of your remaining tight end sleepers, you got two sports standout pro wells of TCU and the tight end who made the most of the transfer portal, Kenny Yoboa, Old Miss from Temple, and also Duke's Noah Gray. Which one do you like the most? You know, I, I think, you know, it's funny with those three guys. Definitely Bushman is my, my favorite of them. If you're looking for, you know, um, somebody who didn't get the kind of usage but has the athletic frame, has the background, has the physical tools to be a, a, a good, solid tight end, I would say that's that's Pro Wells. Uh, he didn't, you know, just at TCU, Gary Patterson, they're not up there throwing – the ball to the tight end. It just isn't the way it is. Yeah. It's not what he does. But when he did get the opportunities, the limited opportunities, you know, he's he's making really tough catches. He's bigger than these other guys. He's a thick guy. He can block. He's not going to have a problem with that. Has a, probably the best, of all the guys you've talked about, has the best hoops tape 
of all these guys. I watch all of them. And we were uh, saying they make, a, they make a great transition, especially at the tight end position. Absolutely. And he, I'm talking, Perez throwing down windmills on people. <laughs> Not just one or two, a lot of them. And he's 270 almost. You know, like he's the physical package. He's made some, you know, really nice one-handed, some highlight reel catches. Like just the overall feel and athleticism. The kid's athletic. But if I did have to pick one, it would have to be Yaboa. You know, it's like, you know, the package there with Wells, we haven't seen enough. Yaboa, we saw him, as you mentioned, uh, at Temple. You know, kid's a grinder. You got to love it. You know, he comes in, not not a big-time recruit. He's a two-star recruit. Didn't get a lot of looks uh, out of at the Power 5 or the G5 level. Nothing to Power 5. Just really Temple was it. Otherwise, he was going to be going to Colgate. Yeah, stayed in his hometown. He's you know, from Allentown. Absolutely, Allentown, uh, great Billy Joel song, you know, for the, the younger, <laughs> the younger members of our audience. But yeah, yeah. Um, Billy Joel was all over. They, they were begging him, like, hey, anytime you're ready. But uh, luckily, Temple stepped in, and gosh, what what a savvy two star they went for him, and it worked out famously. Um, you know, what developed uh, again dealing at the G five level didn't have a great QB, uh, had two excellent wide receivers on the outside of them and, you know, a passing game that they, they like to stretch the ball downfield. So they used him as he was just a strict security blanket at Temple. Cause they had Jaden blue and Brandon Mack. Both of them went over, both of them had a hundred targets in 2019. Both of them went over 900 yards receiving. You get a hundred targets in college, two wide receivers. Well, yeah, something's yeah. got a gift. Not, not, not um, enough balls to go around. Totally. But he's where he did excel that those two guys weren't as good as he was. He was nasty in the red zone for Temple. Like that projected. You no, know, certainly five of his 19 receptions in 2019 went for touchdowns, you know, and his other 14 receptions went for first downs. Wow. So what they used him when they needed him, when they needed a play, that's when they brought out Kenny Ebola to say, all right, Jesus, we, we need this first down. And he goes and he runs eight yards from a third and seven. He gets it and he does his thing. But, um, you know, in terms of efficiency, it's, it's really borne out in the fact that he had a, a 136.3 passer rating when targeted and a 70% catch rate in his last year at Temple. And, I mean, all he needed was a chance. You know, the skills were there. He worked hard. You know, old kid. Yeah. Bring him in to, you know, you start driving the Lane Train's offense <laughs> over Lane Kiffin. You know, we saw what he did with Harrison Bryant in 2019 at Florida Atlantic. Yep. The only, the only – Thousand yard tight end in 2019 was Harrison Bryant, and he wasn't a very highly regarded guy at all coming out. You know, the G5 scouts looked at him like, ah, well, you know, yeah, he can. He caught some passes and he did some nice things, but that's a souped-up offense, and you know, his athletic profile doesn't really translate. You know, they found every reason not to like the guy, as opposed to the fact that, simply put, the man can catch a ball, and the man is a damn good wide, you know, receiving tight end. Yep, and this is. And Lane knows how to use it. So he said he stepped right into the Harrison Bryant spot of the offense and proceeded to do very much similar to what Harrison Bryant did. It's like he did it in the SEC. You know, I mean, that's – come on now. He's going from the AAC, you know, Temple. He's yeah, going he made the league well. Win. Not just the SEC. The SEC West, too. So, I mean, you know, gosh, good luck. He goes, and what does he do? Catches 82% of his targets, 524 yards, 19.4 yard, yards per catch, uh, you know, 2.09 yards per route run, which is really good for a tight end who's out there every play. 
he didn't come off the field, so he's running a lot of routes. <laughs> uh, that's actually really good, you know? His average target depth, three years at Temple, average target depth is 7.4 yards. Because, again, you go, go, turn around, find soft spot in zone, you know, catch ball. You're the check down. Sit, sit, go down. Yeah, you, you, your job isn't to make plays. Well, he jumped from 7.4 to 11.3. Jumped by four yards, his target depth, because Lane, Lane Kiffin uses his tight end in a different way and got to just expose the traits that were already there for Yeboah that just hadn't really been cultivated. You know, he, he's physically, again, a, a basketball player, super athletic. I mean, has a great feel for space, red zone weapon, had a 158.3 passer rating when targeted this past season. And like I said, I mean, you're improving off of 136 up to 158.3. That's literally a perfect mark. That's exactly. as high as the rating goes. So, my gosh, he's averaging nine point, you know, nine yards after the catch. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, just you can't say enough about the, the type of season this kid had. Changing levels didn't bother him. You know, went from the G5 to the best conference in the country, playing against the best linebackers and the best slot corners, mm-hmm. and he thrived. And when it came against playing against Alabama, which is the gold standard, always, I mean, until Nick Saban, you know, sails off into the sunset, <laughs> it's the gold standard. He caught seven of seven targets for 181 yards and two touchdowns. And he was murking Christopher Allen, Alabama, you know, star linebacker on running plays. And Christopher Allen, by the end of that game, wanted no part of seeing Kenny Yeboah up coming off the edge, you know, cracking down, pulling off the edge. He wanted no part of that in any of those traps. I guarantee you. I got him out of the game. Visibly. Get this guy out of my life. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, you see, like, I saw him visibly get frustrated on the last time you saw him came over and just put his hat right on him, where he just threw up his hand and just, like, shook his head. Like, what the? It was was beautiful. Just a nice tapper to his Alabama game tape. But, um, you know, just doing it all at the highest level. It didn't it wasn't bothered at all by the level of competition. Got even better, you know, with the opportunity presented himself. That's what you want to see from anybody in life, not just football, is you are presented with a challenge. You step up to meet that challenge. You work hard and you get it done. And that's what I, what I love about Kenny Yeboah. All the tools in the shed and the kids working hard and succeeding at every level he's, he's gone to. Yeah, sounds like a great leap for him going from Temple to Ole Miss. And they also played an all-SEC schedule, and he still was the 2020 All-SEC third team by Phil Steele and was on the John Mackey Awards list. And we're speaking with Eric Froton, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports. You're going to have to check out Eric's articles and podcasts on NBC Sports Edge. I'm telling you, they are comprehensive and detailed, which I know everyone will love. All right, it's time to go for two. Get that kicker out of there. Two final points. That's right. Two lighter questions to close out our interview. First off, you were the 2020 College Sports Writer of the Year by the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. What is the hardest position to forecast? I think line play is the toughest for me. Yeah. Um, Coming from a, kind of a fancy background, I guess, I, 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 I'm pretty well honed when it comes to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight end. I, I feel real comfortable with it, and even even more so in the defensive backfield. Um, but, gosh, it's hard to see the line play at times because it's hard to find the film. You know, everything's so jumbled in there. You know, you have to 
Let's kind of peel back. Okay, was that a combo? Like, what happened there? It, that's what was kind of tough for me, I would say, uh, from a recruiting perspective, just trying to sift through the traps that happens. Gotcha. And number two, within your duties at NBC Sports Edge, you watch a lot of sub-Power 5 teams. Who's your favorite team to watch, and will a G5 team ever make the college football playoff? My favorite G5 team to watch, I would say... I'll go AAC here because I love the AAC. I love the American Athletic Conference. I feel like, you know, they make a lot of noise about wanting to be the sixth major. And you look at the success of Cincinnati in particular. Yeah. Ritter coming and back. what that team has done. Oh, my God. Another great job by Luke Fickle recruiting. Guy is a man's man. I mean, you see Luke Fickle out there sitting in your, uh, you know, defensive guy. Huge. All business, you know, sitting down there in that living room. Oh, boy, watch out. He's coming home. So uh, I love Fickle. I love what they're doing there. Uh, I love watching it, watching Cincinnati because their defense is smothering mm. while also having, like, a pretty pretty exciting offense by Desmond Ritter. Uh, and they just moved to Cincinnati, so I do want to ingratiate myself with the local culture. <laughs> <laughs> love it. We've been speaking with Eric Froton, uh, college football analyst and podcaster for NBC Sports Edge and Fantrax, pumping out the knowledge for college fantasy football. So you give him a follow on Twitter at CF Froton. That's F-R-O-T-O-N. Thanks for joining me, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.